This program is brought to you from the Margaret Farrow Studio. Hello and welcome to Newsmakers. I'm your host, Lisa Pugh. January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month and Wisconsin is making progress in protecting victims. 11 bills are making their way through the legislature after announcement last week by the Speaker's Task Force on Human Trafficking that they have completed their work. Today's Newsmakers, we are joined by Chair of that Task Force, Republican Representative Jerry O'Connor, and Vice Chair, Democrat Representative Jody Emerson. Thank you both for joining us via Zoom. Thanks Thank for having you us. very much. All right, we know we only have Representative Emerson for a short period of time, so we're going to get started. I'll ask you first, Representative Emerson, can you let our, let our viewers understand a little bit more about what does human trafficking look like in Wisconsin? Yeah, so human trafficking um, is something that is such an underreported crime in our world today. It can take the form of both sex trafficking and labor trafficking. Um, labor trafficking is what many of us would think of as, as a normal job, but it's it's done under the guise of force, fraud, or coercion. And with sex trafficking, um, a lot of times that is taking place as um, what people would think of as a sex worker or prostitution. But again, under the guise of force, fraud, or coercion, um, unless it is a child. And then we don't need to prove force, fraud, or coercion because they're not able to legally consent to sex. And so it's just the matter that it is happening to them. Chair O'Connor, would you is it safe to say you think that uh, members of the task force and likely many Wisconsinites really didn't know, perhaps up until a few months ago when you started your work, what was happening and the extent to which human trafficking was and is happening in Wisconsin? I absolutely agree with that comment. Uh, there are people that are aware that yeah, there's prostitution out there. They really don't understand a lot about it. Uh, that was true for many members of the task force that uh, joined in simply because they wanted to learn more about the issue. Um, you learn simple things like 70% of child sex trafficking starts as a minor. Well, that means they're in high school. And when you start to look at the numbers, it really becomes shocking and alarming. Uh, Representative Emerson, what is one thing that you can point to that you learned through the course of all the hearings held by the task force? You know, one of the things that I'm really proud of is in those parts in Wisconsin um, that are looking at this as a problem, we do really have some great coordination between public and private partnerships. Um, there are, you know, some phenomenal nonprofits around our state that have dedicated so many hours at time and talent and treasure um, to fighting this, not because they're getting rich on it, but um, simply because, you know, it's the right thing to do. And talking about an issue that isn't talked about um, is so hard and it, it takes so much heart to do it. And then when we can partner with school districts, law enforcement, social services, um, things like that, that's where we really can make some some good forward progress. And I've seen some great areas of our state where that is happening. Now, I know your task force had uh, four hearings across the state. You heard from many law enforcement agencies, those nonprofit social services agencies, like you just talked about, Representative Emerson. Uh, several of the witnesses that came before your task force talked about how hard it is to 
track and uh, not only to prosecute, but to track and keep data on human trafficking. Here's what we know. The National Human Trafficking Hotline, funded by the federal government, uh, says that since 2007, the, there are 796 cases of human trafficking identified in the state involving 1,640 victims. The Department of Justice says that it is likely an undercount of human trafficking in Wisconsin. Uh, Chair O'Connor, why is it so hard to keep data and to know the extent of the human trafficking issue in Wisconsin? It's an issue that came up time and time again in our hearings, and we received that information. Frustration from the agencies, from DOJ, from district attorneys, law enforcement, and the victim support people. The simple answer is no one's collecting it. So the first bill in our lineup is to create a human trafficking council. And step one, we need to collect data. We need a central database that's accessible to all of the groups I just mentioned. It's really difficult to track a problem if you can't get your arms around it, if you can't measure it. So we consider that to be a serious issue to address. And I think we have support from every facet of the uh, groups that we've met with. So it really comes down to, if you don't make it an issue, it's not an issue. So we wanna make it an issue through the awareness of uh, both our task force and the bills that came out of the task force. Representative Emerson, I know that you've been an advocate on human trafficking issues since before your time in the legislature. Are there other reasons perhaps why victims of human trafficking don't report and why we don't have the the real data about the extent of the problem? Yeah, Lisa, I think that is a great question. And I think that gets to the root of the cause. Um, I think if any of us had our car stolen from us, we'd be on the phone with 911 right away reporting that. Um, unfortunately, when it comes to human trafficking, a lot of times victims are not seeing themselves as victims. And so they are not self-reporting. That's why it's so important that our communities as a whole understand what human trafficking looks like. And so we can reach out to people and be like, are you sure that this is an appropriate relationship that you're having? Um, or reach out to law enforcement and, and kind of flag some issues for them. Um, you know, I did a, an amazing program back before I was elected where we were training hotels on what to look for because we know a lot of, of trafficking happens in a hotels. And so giving those people the tools that they need to fight the problem. Um, so part of the problem is that we are not self-reporting these crimes. Um, part of the problem is that sometimes, and we heard this from law enforcement that were testifying before us, for them, it's more important to get somebody out of the situation than it is to even get a conviction on, on a case. Um, sometimes those victims are not willing to work with the law enforcement to, to get a case all the way to a prosecution. And so it's, it's really hard to get these cases finished. Um, the important piece is that victims are being helped in the way that they need to. Um, and I would say that that was maybe one of the things that was um, uh, something I wish we would have had more time for in our task force was hearing for more victims. We did not hear um, as many survivor voices at, at the task force as I wish we would have had time for. Um, because, you know, those are the ones that we need to know from what do you need in order to um, stay out of the life or have not gotten in the life to begin with. 
Chair O'Connor, I know that the witnesses in the task force emphasize that human trafficking is happening really everywhere across Wisconsin, um, geographically and across socioeconomic levels. Are there any hot spots that you learned about in Wisconsin or areas where human trafficking is, is growing as a problem? The hot spots uh, seem to become evident quickly. Uh, and you're just going to work up if you think about this as drug trafficking and sex trafficking, they travel the same corridors. So you're going to have the southeast corner with Racine, Kenosha, Milwaukee County, uh, jumps up amazing amount of activity in the Oshkosh area. I'm in Fond du Lac and our DA and sheriff said, boy, we really don't have an issue. But you get up to Oshkosh and they do. It takes you across the Fox Valley to Green Bay. And we who have some great task forces and victim support organizations through there. Then you can jump across, take uh, high t- Highway 10 or 29. You're going to hit Oshkosh, maybe Stevens Point. Uh, Got to be cautious on our UW campuses. Uh, and then if you come up the other side of the state, you could have Rock County, Dane County, a lot of activity in the Dells area. Um, and then you work up to Eau Claire, and it's really a pathway from Chicago to Minneapolis. I think what's important to understand, this is a mobile business. It isn't like somebody sets up a house in a corner or back on a side street that they're going to be offering these services. Now, they're here today and gone tomorrow. And it makes it very difficult uh, to track down um, the perpetrators. Um, And then for your victims, I just want to comment on the last question. Why do not many of the women, and it could be boys or men, why don't they self-support? Because of their dependency upon the tractor. If you look at the trafficker, he uh, draws somebody, entices somebody into this business in high school. What's going to happen? It's a good chance you're not going to get a high school degree. Your employability is lower. You're dependent upon them for food, housing. It could be a combination of drugs, uh, alcohol, and a variety of other tools, even up to let the uh, let the lady have her baby. And then the trafficker turns around and uses the baby as barter to keep this woman working for him. So to bring them out, even when we bring them into the victim support organizations, it is a challenge for the individual not to return to the life. Because that's what they know. That's their comfort. That provides all of their supposed needs as they understand them. So that is a real, real issue. And that's where you get down to, this is slavery. And it creates an unbelievable dependence upon the trafficker. Well, and certainly an issue that's difficult to tackle with legislation, right? I know, Representative Emerson, we're going to have to say goodbye to you in a few moments. I just wanted to give you a chance to close out comments on this issue with us by one thing you'd like people to remember about human trafficking, and then we'll continue our conversation with Chair O'Connor. Yeah, thanks for that, Lisa. I think the important thing is um, oftentimes people get hung up in the word trafficking and assume that that means that somebody needs to be moving from one area to the other. Um, Before I was elected, as you mentioned earlier, I was an advocate and worked um, deeply in this field. I know people who were trafficked from, um, you know, their living room to their basement that never actually left their hometown. So trafficking is a situation, we really need to look at it as human exploitation, 
I think is is a better way to frame it because then we can then we can spot this a little easier. Um, it does involve um, you know highways and corridors sometimes, but I think the biggest piece of that is is the human piece of it. And anywhere that there are people, we're going to have people who are um, looking to exploit others, and that's where human trafficking comes in, whether it's sex or labor trafficking. And so I don't want people who are watching this to think, well, I'm not in Milwaukee, so therefore I'm not impacted by this. We see this in the smallest towns and in the largest cities. We see this when activities um, are accelerating because of a music fest or hunting or fishing or you know something like that. Wherever there's people, there can be human trafficking. And, and so, you know, having conversations with those that you care about, your children, your grandchildren, um, making sure that they know that no matter what has happened in your life, you are there to love and support them. I think is one of the biggest things that individual people can do to help fight human trafficking. Because I heard from Victor victims over and over again that, well, you know, now that I've gone into prostitution, my family's never going to take me back. And so anytime we are proving those traffickers right by judging those humans who became victim to something, whether it's at a personal level or at a wider public policy level, you know, we're proving the traffickers right and we're stopping somebody from reaching out for help. And so making sure that we lead with grace and love in this is is so incredibly important. And that's how we start to win the battle um, by by stopping human trafficking from starting. Um, it might well, sound simple, but um, that's that's a piece of it. So. Well, I know you have to leave us and we didn't have time to talk about that. You're going to continue work on this. I know the task force has their 11 proposed bills, but you will be uh, looking to introduce and put some more forward with your Democratic colleagues. Is that correct? Yes, I think this is just the start of a, of a lot of us, Democrats and Republicans, um, getting very excited about seeing how we can stop the spread of this and, and most importantly, help those that have been harmed by this. Um, it's, it's a long path to, to redemption when somebody has become a victim of human trafficking and we need to do all that we can to provide those supports so that they don't go back to the trafficker um, like Chair O'Connor was saying. So thank you so much for having me. I apologize I have to scoot off early, but good to see you, Lisa. Good to see you, Jerry. Have a great day. Well, so Representative O'Connor, to continue our conversation, I know that several witnesses in your task force hearings uh, talked about that Wisconsin is not currently doing all it can to prevent human trafficking. And when we compare ourselves to other states, that we really aren't doing as well as we can uh, as compared to them as well. So Shared Hope International is this national organization that's the leading advocacy group on human trafficking. They issue annual report cards ranking states based on analysis of their state statutes. They give Wisconsin an overall grade of F. Uh, Wisconsin was actually one of 32 states that got a failing grade from that organization. They say Wisconsin law does not prohibit the criminalization of minors for prostitution offenses, nor does it facilitate access to or funding for uh, community-based services, leaving survivors vulnerable to re-traumatization through punitive processes and potentially underserved or disconnected from resources that are necessary to promote healing. So uh, that's a lot of information and analysis from that organization. Do you agree that those are some of our main gaps and are they addressed in the proposed legislation from the task force? Yeah, I would agree that those are gaps that we have in Wisconsin. 
Um, I would have to refer back to some of our agencies and law enforcement, et cetera. Um, we have some phenomenal and truly phenomenal people. Uh, the compassion and the passion they have for this issue is amazing. They'd probably argue that shared hope was a little heavy with their their language, but I don't know if I want to argue whether it was uh, worse to have a D or an F. <laughs> so that being the case, yes, our 11 bills, in addition to other bills that we reference in our report that have been introduced, address the issues of uh, what shared hope is talking about. I think the single biggest issue is creating this higher level of awareness. Um, in the task force council that we're creating, uh, human trafficking council, and I would comment our focus was on sex and child sex trafficking primarily. However, that doesn't uh, ignore the fact that there is labor trafficking in Wisconsin. But if we were to have tackled that, that would report would have been just as in-depth, taken another four months. And we actually want to get something done here in January and February in terms of getting it through the legislature. So we, uh, Rep. Emerson is looking to propose a new task force to deal with labor trafficking. So set that aside and move back to your question. The 11 bills address the issues. I know one of them had to do with criminalization uh, for minors. Uh, we have a, a bill from Rep. Billings and uh, uh, Rep. Kitchens to deal with the that. The safe harbor bill. Yeah, that has Correct. been, has not made it across the finish line despite being yeah. introduced over several legislatures. Um, and Unfortunately, I wasn't part of that, or maybe fortunately. Uh, but you get down to if you really have a trafficking victim, um, you've got to you've got to recognize what's going on. Uh, just in that same vein, um, many of the law enforcement individuals we worked with would testify that when they come upon this issue, it doesn't matter the age of the person being trafficked probably the last place they're going to take them for an interview is a jail. They're not going to take them to the courthouse. They're going to go to a comfortable place where you can sit on couches, listening to some of the victim support groups and frequently law enforcement passes the individual off to the victim support. It could be two years before you actually get somebody to reach a level of trust that they can share. Okay. This was what was going on. Um, so number one, I really appreciate the approach law enforcement takes. It's not, Hey, here's some kids is out doing these various things. We're going to throw the book at them. In fact, there have been no charges against minors uh, for prostitution. So I think that one has backed off, but, uh, like that bill and a number of others beginning with, we have to get information. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more about the proposed legislation. I want to make sure our viewers know what's in those 11 sure. bills. The task force recommends, uh, like you said, creating a human trafficking council, requiring education and training on human trafficking in public schools, training for employees in certain industries, requirements for placement of trafficking hotline posters, instruction on human trafficking, specifically in barbering and cosmetology schools, increasing penalties for soliciting prostitution, 
creating a civil cause of action for child trafficking, placing those keeping a place of prostitution on the sex offender registry, making it a crime for trafficking adults at risk, creating a victim services grant program, and allowing closed circuit testimony for victims. There seems to be a focus, a, a lot of focus in that list of 11 bills on training. Can you talk a little bit about why the need for training and a little bit what you expect that training to look like, Representative O'Connor? Yeah, it would be training to increase awareness. So let's start with there's certain areas of law enforcement where the training is uh, required according to the bill. Uh, DOJ would put together that training material. I can talk to certain counties where they don't have enough activity actually to assign somebody to uh, deal with the issues. This one, uh, these bills will require that you actually have somebody assigned to this. It's a responsibility. They're required to go through the training and then share that awareness. Awareness training can be, uh, it's tied around this phrase. It's the exploitation of the vulnerable. Who are the vulnerable? Let's go back to the 70% in our high schools. It's somebody that sits by themselves. It's somebody that's uh, never part of a group. It's somebody that maybe has uh, become addicted to drugs or some other uh, behavior where it's really antisocial. And these kids don't have a good home life. They are vulnerable. It's exploiting them. So for teachers, we want teachers to be looking around the classroom, what's going on. There's a requirement for kids in seventh grade seven through twelve to go this through this kind of awareness training that's age appropriate for them to help them identify somebody that could be at risk. If we don't hear about it, we lose those kids. Um, <laughs> there's a much bigger focus on stopping this problem before it happens. You know, I know also in testimony, Wisconsin providers of uh, services for sexual assault victims talked about how they're facing a pretty significant cut in federal funding by this fall. I think a 74% cut in federal funding. Does the, you, you create a state matching grant in your legislation, $2.5 million over the biennium. Does that funding, uh, is that intended to kind of fill the hole from the lost federal funding? Um, it addresses the whole, uh, but the federal piece is much, much larger. Um, I, I, unfortunately, it falls one of those categories. The federal government comes in and does some great, wonderful thing and then walks away and leaves the state hanging uh, with a huge challenge to figure out how to fund something. We can't fill the whole bucket. From discussions I've had, it is feasible that the feds at the last minute are gonna come in and help fill that gap they created. Uh, but the purpose of the funding in our bill, uh, the match grant funding, so that an organization can double their impact. The purpose of that is these organizations operate on very thin budgets. Sex trafficking, because it's pretty much a hidden problem, um, in contrast to sexual abuse is very high level communication. Sex trafficking is very low level, so they don't get lots of money. Uh, but we had volunteers talking about putting in 50, 60 hour weeks continually, not having a day off since Mother's Day. Um, I want to 
see what we can do to help fund their needs and so they can expand their services. But I'd also like them to be able to take a few days off. Do you uh, think Wisconsin lacks capacity then in victim services? Uh, do the bills you know, kind of help to increase that or just kind of maintain what's there? What we lack is housing. Um, there's a group in Milwaukee called Convergence. Dr. Debbie Lassiter's in charge of that. They have a housing program that provides housing up to 23 months. And I believe that's how long it takes to help someone to rebuild a life. We have a new um, organization in uh, Madison that, don't hold me too strong to this, but I think they're going to have two different housing units, a great setting. It will not be, the location will not be published, uh, but they will have housing for single women and they'll have separate housing for women with children. Um, if we don't replace what these women leave behind when they get out of the life, uh, the risk of them returning to the life is just way too strong. So I think we really need that in addition to the other not-for-profits that are doing all kinds of work uh, except for housing. I know you just really introduced your package of bills last week at your press conference. Is there any update on co-sponsors? Are you meeting across the aisle in the Senate? Like, what, what does it look like yeah. in terms of the support for these bills so far? Um, each of the authors of the bills are working uh, with senators right now. Um, so I'm involved in three of the bills uh, as a, uh, a co-author or an author. And I think we have two out of the three completed. I have another two that I'm aware of, another two that are being worked on. You so, mean that have Senate co-authors currently? Yes. Yeah. So uh, it was a gargantuan effort just to get to the time of our press release. So now it's going back in and filling those holes. Are you confident that all 11 of those uh, bills will make it through both chambers and make their way to the governor's desk? Let me say I'm hopeful. Um, I can take, since we adjourned uh, back in first week of November or so, I'll, I'm going to guess there were 300 bills introduced since that time. And this is where you get down to uh, the rules committee is going to have to pick and choose. So I think the majority of ours will have a hearing, uh, be assigned to a committee and make the floor by the end of February or early March, um, which leaves me hopeful. I know one thing that you were really proud of is that almost all these bills are bipartisan as they came out of the task force. Is that something that surprised you? No, it's it's almost a gauntlet I threw down from the beginning. How can this not be a bipartisan issue? Um, so to that extent, I'd say there were hurdles to overcome in the process, but when it came down to it, it's really sitting down with reasonable people and say, let's come up with some common sense solutions, really has very little to do with politics. What do you think is some work that's kind of left undone? I, you moved things as, as far as you could in a bipartisan way in your task force. If you could point to one thing, gee, I wish we could have gotten to that. I know you mentioned labor trafficking, but was there any other issue that you put in that category? Um, there are probably a number. But what we did, and actually, I'm going to look at 
five bills that we considered, um, but we didn't have the data to prescribe a solution. Therefore, that was assigned to the Trafficking Council. They're going to have four years to work on this. They're going to have all of the agencies involved, uh, Department of Justice, Sheriff's Department, representatives, police department, and not-for-profit groups. Um, so rather than just, we didn't have time to do it, but we don't have the right complete information, let's put it into this organization and give them the uh, opportunity to tackle those over time. That's the importance of the council as one of your recommendations. Yes. And we're rounding our, out our time together. We want to uh, share the national uh, human trafficking hotline with our viewers. It's a place for folks to confidentially report uh, human trafficking. And I want to ask you as a final question, if you could leave one thought with our viewers, something you would like them to remember about human trafficking in Wisconsin, what would that be? I'm going to say this as a dad. Somebody's daughter, it could have been anybody in your neighborhood, in your community, here in our state, has had innocence and most of their life and opportunity stolen through sex trafficking. Um, it leaves a, a battered individual. It leaves somebody without hope, someone who is cynical about life altogether. We shouldn't let that happen and we need to stand against it. All right. Well, thank you for the work on this issue. We'll be following the legislation. We appreciate your time today. Very good. Thank you, Lisa. You enjoy your day. Newsmakers, be sure to tune in again as we highlight the issues and sit down with the decision makers who make a difference for all of us. You have been watching a production of Wisconsin Eye, your unfiltered window into legislative deliberations and public policy programming where our mission is to provide Wisconsinites an opportunity to access the legislative process and connect with conversations that inform our citizenry. Please consider supporting our mission, and thank you for watching. Wisconsin Eye, policy made public.